Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Today, I've got a special guest here with the national champion of Pakistan. Do you prefer Pakistan or the Obama pronunciation of Pakistan? Wish Obama did get it right. That's why we love him. Did he? It's Pakistan? It is, yes. Wow. See, I always made fun of him for that. I never knew if it was if he was right or not. We loved him, too. I mean, well, I shouldn't say we like I loved him, but <laughs> you know, the, the country is a little divided. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, anyway, Mishka Murad. Did I get it right? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yes. God damn. Sweet. All right. So national champion, congratulations on qualifying for the CrossFit Games. Thank you. So I appreciate you being on. I thought we'd, uh, you know, take a little time talking about your journey into CrossFit and and uh, and how you got here. So why don't we just start with that? How long have you been CrossFitting? Um, so in July, well, it is July, as in this past July, it would have been five years. I started um, in Mexico and I joined CrossFit primarily because I moved to Mexico for a teaching gig. And it was the, it was my first time in Mexico, my first time, obviously, in Guadalajara, which is the name of the city. And I didn't know anybody. I didn't speak any Spanish. I didn't have any friends there. Uh, but I did see a CrossFit box. And I thought to myself that if I just showed up every day for this at the same time, I would most likely see the same faces and maybe I could meet some friends. So my intention for doing it was mainly to immerse myself in the culture and especially the language because that was a huge barrier for me. Um, and sure enough, like community was the reason that I went there. But the minute I walked in and I sort of saw people, you know, because everybody, somebody's always doing a snatch when you walk into a box. So I saw people doing snatches and pistol squats. I was like, what is that? And I don't care. Like at that point, I didn't know if their form was bad or how much they were lifting. I just knew I wanted to be able to do that because I'd been... I mean, I grew up in Pakistan where while I was growing up, it was very much yoga and Pilates and, and lifting weights was, you know, those 10 pound dumbbells to tone you up. And I was just obsessed with doing more than that and being more than that. And so when I saw that, something within me just clicked when I said to myself that that's something I want to eventually be able to do. So did you learn Spanish while you were in Mexico? I did. I would say my Spanish is intermediate. My grammar is terrible. Um, but my, the first things that I learned was just words and phrases that I use in the box. So, uh, how do you say, uh, I can't snatch for shit. How do you say that? Oh man. I, well, the thing is, what's weird <laughs> is things like snatched and, and clean and jerks don't have any, any like translations. Like there's no Spanish word for them, but a squat is like a centaria and, uh, doubles are dobles. So very similar words. Um, but it's true. I can't squat for snatch. I'm snatched for squat. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the Mexican coaches would roll their eyes at me just like my American coaches do. <laughs> so that's, that's How did you end up in Mexico? I had been living in Thailand for four years before that. Um, because I basically, I, I graduated from the U.S. in 2007. I did my undergraduate from Mount Holyoke College in South Hadley, Massachusetts. I went on to do my master's at Trinity College, Dublin. And somewhere in those five years of being at a prestigious women's institution and being in Ireland, I had access to all these freedoms and this way of life that was not known to me in Pakistan, where, you know, I could walk down a street to get groceries and I didn't have to answer to anybody in terms of when I would come home. And, and that sort of became something I, I realized that 
I wanted and was almost my right. And so once I moved back to Pakistan after my master's, it was a really difficult two years. And I don't think I fit in. And I don't think I wanted to, to be completely honest. So it was always like, how am I going to get out? And I feel terrible saying that. But at the same time, I feel like I deserve to have a life where I feel free and I feel happy and I feel safe. And so I moved to Thailand for four years where I was a personal trainer and an English teacher, as the cliche is. And once in Thailand, I realized that really wasn't the place for me either. And I found a job in Mexico online. And that was the happiest I've ever been, honestly. And I was there for almost three years. Wow. You, you've lived in more countries in the first four minutes of this conversation than I've visited in my entire life. <laughs> that's, uh, that's unreal. So when, uh, when the changes came down on the CrossFit Games and you found out there were going to be national champions, did you, did you set your sights on winning or being the, the national champion for your country? Or, or was it a surprise that it happened? I think that the rules were so mixed and we couldn't really figure out what was happening and what it meant. And I don't think I set my sights on it for the simple reason that I never knew what the open workout was going to be, but I knew that I, I don't consider myself a good athlete by any stretch of the imagination. And often any box I visit, I'm one of the worst and the slowest at every watt. So I didn't set my sights on winning because I thought if it starts with a handstand walk, well, I'm fucked. If it starts with a handstand push-up, I'm fucked again. So it really was just taking it week by week. And my goal was that this year I wanted to do more workouts RX than I had the previous year. Because this is my this was my third year competing in the open. And the first year I scaled everything. The second year I scaled three of the five workouts. And so I just wanted to be able to RX this. Wow. So and then you won. Like how, how quick into the open did you figure out you were leading and had a, a shot at actually winning this thing? Um, I think by the time the third wad was released, I was like, well, they've only got two more to go. And then when the fourth one was released, I was like, listen, we haven't had any thrusters and we haven't had any pull-ups and I can do thrusters at 65 and I can do pull-ups. So this might be really good news for me. And I think that that night when it was released, I think it was Thursday night, Walking into the box Monday, Friday morning when we had to do the workout, I think that was the first time in my life I have been excited to do thrusters because I was because I was on the top of the leaderboard, and it was that final open workout where I was like, if I can do this and if I can hang on because I am able to do the pull ups easily, then for sure I have a shot. So that's the happiest I've been doing thrusters. I think. You know, I, I scaled the open uh, to to prove a point that's just not embarrassing to scale, but the men's uh, scale was 65 pounds on thrusters. Okay. And I was the same way. I'm like, oh, I'm really excited about this. I can do thrusters at 65 pounds. I mean, I can do them at 95, but, but I was, you know, thinking, all right, even big sets, I can do them at 65. And then I nearly killed myself because they felt so light at the time. I think, um, I forget the rep scheme. Was it like, it started at 33. Was it right? 33, 27. Yeah. Something like that. Well, I went unbroken the first two rounds. Oh, and I thought I was going to die. Like literally when it was over, I just sat in a corner, like a, the old man that I am and coughed for like two hours. It was miserable. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. It was. Um, well, yeah. So then you win mm -hmm. and you get your letter from, from CrossFit HQ. Like, did it blow your mind? Like what was your, what, were, what thoughts went through your head? Unfortunately, it wasn't that simple. 
Um, I, I had the top position on the leaderboard, but then they emailed us saying we needed to send in videos as proof. And my coach at the time had told me you should video them j- just in case, you know, this works out. Um, but they only asked for two of the workout videos. Um, and the one that they asked for was 19-1, which was the rowing in the wall balls. But they needed to see the calories on the rower. And I had to do that workout five times because they gave me three days. <laughs> To make sure you got it because you're not they have very specific rules like the judge cannot leave the frame the athlete cannot leave leave the frame the target has to be clearly visible the calories have to be it, it's you need like a professional videographer for that stuff um so the first three times you just couldn't see the calories on the rower and so i had to final my my fifth attempt was at 8 p.m on a friday night where i was like for the love of god just make sure you can see the calories on the rower uh, and once that had been submitted, it took them about four weeks to let us know that we had been um, selected. And I think once that happened, there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to go. I didn't care what the eliminations looked like. I just wanted to be able to, A, visit a new place because I love traveling and B, be able to hold that flag. Like that was the most important moment for me. Everything else was secondary. Yeah. How did that parade of flags feel to you? Like getting to march out there with with your, uh, you know, fellow countrymen and, and everyone else from around the world. I, on that was just, there were moments where I thought I was going to cry. Um, thankfully the walk was too short, so I didn't, but th- I really felt a huge sense of pride and, and of achievement. And I just, I mean, it's still a place where people are obsessed in my social class anyway, with taking up very little space as women and it's always about being skinny and it's always about under eating and being thin and I feel like there is a way you can still be lean and be slim and be strong and I think people don't understand the the strength that comes like when you're physically strong there's a mental resilience that comes with it and it's hard to explain until you get into a, a gym or a box and you kill yourself every single day and you get back up and you come back for more because you can. And so I just hope like that's, that's my takeaway message from it is I hope somebody looks at me and they're like, oh, she's not too big and I can get a, a certain kind of strength um, and still have all these other aesthetic goals that I want. Because I just, I don't know, I just want for, for people at least that I know that I've grown up with to, to realize that there's so much more to being a woman than just how we look and how little space we're supposed to take up. So uh, CrossFit in your home country, is it is it frowned upon for women to do it or are you or are you saying that it's frowned upon for women to get um, well, I mean, like CrossFit women are are stronger. I don't think that's sexist to say that they're like they're more muscular, they're stronger, they're bigger. Like, you know, I think they train harder than than most people I know, period, men or women. Um, is that frowned upon in your home country or is it unique, different? Like, what's the viewpoint? I think it's not. The problem is you use the word muscular and that's great. I think people back home might use the word masculine and that's the problem. There are very definitive gender roles and gender tropes. And, you know, a girl with massive biceps is not the girl you want to take home to your mother because she's not pretty and dainty and a damsel in distress. And I just feel like as long as we're creating and perpetuating these tropes and these molds, well, we're giving men sort of what they want. So in that way, I'm not sure if it's frowned upon as a society or if it's just like a lot of women who fear the repercussions of 
becoming more muscular because it's seen for whatever reason as unattractive. See, I would never bring a woman home with big biceps to my mother because I'm embarrassed of my own biceps. <laughs> that you know, it's not that the woman isn't beautiful. I just I would be so sad of my own arms. That'd be my problem. Um, how about the other concepts from CrossFit? I mean, like, you know, I don't know what your viewpoint of the games was, but I, I mentioned earlier today in a conversation uh, on a separate podcast that the games was like a sea of booty shorts, like as far as the eye could see in the crowd, like. Everyone was dressed like they were going to work out, which is very normal in CrossFit in America. Right. How is, you know, if you've got these specific gender roles uh, in Pakistan, is that, I mean, is that also frowned upon? I mean, I would assume. Oh, for sure. Oh, so when I started working out, I took my shirt off and I think I got a couple of messages, some, you know, tongue in cheek and some were a little, people were concerned. They were like, you could have kept your shirt on. And I was like, I could have, but it was hot. And it, it didn't occur to me because that's how I perform on a daily basis. Um, you would never do that in Pakistan. It's very much like there is, even at a box, you would not take your shirt off, even if you knew everybody there. There is a modesty rule, you know, and people still wear t-shirts. They still wear baggy clothes that you sort of like, the idea is, you know, you don't want to show off your curves because it might tempt men. Um, and the reason why... I sort of did it knowing that people back home might be watching is because there's nothing sexual about taking off your shirt when you're failing at a rope climb miserably. Right. Like <laughs> if, if I, if I look sexy to you in that moment, we have a problem. Um, what I'd like you to see is the struggle. What I'd like you to see is the hard work that I put in, but I just, I think we have to remove the, the sexualization from women performing in certain outfits. And honestly, I would never do that. I don't even wear a bikini on, on a beach, but there's something about the boxes that I've visited and that I frequent where I, nobody's even made me feel like I'm doing anything inappropriate and they don't even look at me like I'm doing anything out of the norm. Yeah. That's always been the interesting thing to me about uh, CrossFit because I feel the same way. Like, you know, we as I was walking around the crowds and there's just people everywhere in these, you know, tiny little shorts, women in sports bras, men, shirts off as far as you can see. And they didn't, there was nothing that felt sexual about it. Now there were a few people that were flaunting it. And in that aspect, I would say, yeah, they were maybe pushing the boundaries of good taste, but, but uh, CrossFit, I think it's interesting that way, at least, you know, here in the U S that, um, you know, it's really about the hard work you put in, not what you're wearing. And uh, you know, to your point, if, if they're getting turned on by watching you fall off a rope. That's a very specific fetish. I don't think yeah. has anything to do with CrossFit. And I just, I also just feel like, especially when it comes to athletes, if you've worked that hard and you've gotten to a place where you're comfortable with your body and what it looks like, regardless of whether you're chiseled or not, why should you not show that off? Good for you that you have the comfort in doing that because all too often women feel like they're being stared at or gawked at. And I do when I wear tights and I walk to my gym even in Boston, I get wolf whistled at. So it's not about what we're wearing. It's just about, it's about who's looking at us and in what context. I hate it when I get cat called. It's all the time. It's just relentless. <laughs> all the time. Um, so how did the, uh, how'd the first wide feel to you? I mean, so you guys didn't find out until like almost the moment you were walking out there, which was unique to this year's games. And so they announced rope climbs, snatches and running. What went through your mind? Um, so a couple of things. I was 
I, we had been discussing this the night before, like my friends and my coach and I, because we'd heard rumors about this. And in fairness, I think it's a great separator. And they told us there would be an elimination, a mass elimination. So it could have been worse. It could have started with a handstand walk, in which case, you know, a lot of us would just have been standing there. Um, I was actually, sadly, I, I felt good about it because I do have legless rope climbs. I've just never practiced letting go of the rope and banging the beam on top. And that makes all the difference in the world because I was so, I made it to the top in my first one and I just could not get my hand off that rope. Um, but I also remember when they were giving us the briefing, Bosman was explaining how no matter what, you must keep working. And I was like, is anybody going to talk about the fact that lots of women can't snatch that weight? But nobody did. So I raised my hand and I said, you know, at the risk of sounding like a loser, what do you do if you can't snatch that weight? And he said, you keep trying. And I said, do you want me to do snatch deadlifts? And he's like, you keep trying. And Sam Briggs was behind me and she's like, and you better make them the best snatch deadlifts of your life. <laughs> and so it was like, there was that moment where, and after that, you know, several women came up to me and they said, thank you for asking that because we cannot snatch that weight. Um, so once I heard that, I was sort of like, it, there was just a pressure off of me because I just knew so many of us were in that boat. And at one point during the rope climbs, I turned over and I saw Rachel Garibay and she she actually didn't make a rope climb, even though she made it to the top. She just like totally was fatigued. If that woman is struggling, who the hell do I think I am to be upset about something like that? So I would look over at my right and left. And I, at that point, I'd already spoken to some of the women and we'd be laughing at each other and cheering each other on and failing. Um, and I think that sort of lightened it for me. I think it was a great elimination. Um, I don't feel bad about that wad. I just wish I would have had more of a chance to work out. How did it feel working out next to some of the greats? I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're, you're getting a comment from Sam Briggs, who I, I argue all the time is absolutely one of the greatest CrossFitters has ever lived. I mean, just, she's just absolutely amazing on so many fronts. Like how did that feel as an athlete? Um, I think it was a very surreal moment, but also very refreshing to realize that these people have personalities um, and they, some of them crack jokes uh, and they are actually really warm. Uh, before the, I went out for the first heat, Noah Olson had just come back in and he was standing there sweating his ass off with a bottle of water, high-fiving every single woman in that heat, wishing us all good luck individually. And when would that ever have happened? How many people get the chance to say that? So it's just, it's really lovely to realize that there, there are some wonderful people in CrossFit. And like one of the reasons I'm always, I will always root for Noah now is because I just want a nice guy to win, you know, and he is a nice guy. So working out alongside them, uh, I, I only worked out, I think, with two athletes who qualified through the sanctionals. And I think it was an eye-opening experience because you realize how good you have to be if you are an American to get to this point. But I think, again, on the other hand, it was very much like uh, taking this pressure off of me because I'm nowhere in their caliber. So I have no reason to be upset, no reason to complain uh, and no reason to be pissed off at what the wad was and how it worked out. Yeah. The only thing I would disagree with you on is when you say you're not of their caliber. I mean, I understand the concept that, you know, maybe, you know, when you start comparing athleticism. But um, I was actually getting a little annoyed over the weekend hearing people say, you know, ask questions about the quote unquote national champions as if you guys didn't deserve to be there. I mean, I, you know, I, I've contended my whole life, like 
those that compete, you know, they've got, they have a better chance than those that are sitting on the couch doing nothing. Right. right. Like, and, and, you know, you had the courage to go out and do it and you can, you competed, you won your spot. You deserve to be there. You know? So I, I understand the concept. I, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really hopeful that uh, in the future that we can continue to see kind of a hard press from, from uh, CrossFit headquarters to really, you know, build out this national champion program. Cause I thought the parade of flags was, was uh, I've kind of like you, like it, I started to get teary eyed at moments and not at, at my own country. Cause when the U S comes out, it took like 20 minutes for <laughs> all those athletes to go through. It was really like watching, you know, the countries like yours. And, you know, you see a lot of these countries that have one athlete coming in and, and, you know, you think, man, you know, this person traveled thousands of miles to get here to get eliminated probably on the first in the very first heat, but they want to represent their country and carry that flag. And that's, you know, it's a really proud moment for them. And, and to your point, you know, get in some cases, much like yourself, getting to set an example for others back home, which mm-hmm. I thought was um, really, really cool. And um, I, I, I definitely appreciate that. I think when you say that we deserved it, we did deserve it as per the rules that CrossFit created, which is that, you know, you need to RX the workouts, you need to be the best person in your country. But I think what you just said about when the Americans came out, it took 20 minutes. It's also showing like a, uh, it's also making very clear the life opportunities that exist for people within the U.S. And I loved watching and listening because at at parts I wasn't at the games um, during like the Ruck event or whatever. And I'd hear the commentators say, oh, this is so-and-so and and her her background is in gymnastics. And this is so-and-so and and his background is in cross-country skiing. And my background is in sitting inside and doing my homework and being fat in college. So (laughs) that's what I have (laughs) background. So it's really, it just presents to you like the life opportunities people grow up with. And it's such a, it's not even a luxury. It's like a, it's a privilege and a luxury to be able to do something like CrossFit, to be able to have a place to do it, to go against people who might not want you to do it and might not be supportive and to constantly push yourself. And, and a lot of those people did it for those 20 minutes where they stared at a rope. Yeah. And you can, you could actually, you could make the argument that, you know, at least for now, the Americans are going to dominate because from a, just from a socio socioeconomic standpoint, like we do have an advantage. You, know, you think Frazier, for instance, all he has to do is train for the games, which, you know, I hate to say all he has to do, like he trains really hard and he's the champ. And, you know, the same for Tia, like, you know, they train seven days a week to do this, no other obligations. When there's someone like yourself, you know, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see all the post-its behind you from your PhD. <laughs> like you're spending the bulk of your time studying and doing other things, not doing CrossFit five to six days a week with the support of Nike and, you know, Noble and everybody else. And um, I do think we'll see that gap close. I mean, Glassman was really clear with us in the press conference that his vision is that within five years, you see no Americans on the podium. And I don't think he's trying to push the Americans out. I think he wants to push everybody else up to make it, competitive mm-hmm. enough that that's a possibility which as it stands right now is not completely a possibility which i also find interesting because i i watched the armin hammer video that he did yesterday where they've already thought thought about changing the how it's going to work next year and i just wonder why they didn't do that for this year when when i i don't know i don't know anybody's financial situation but i don't know how many people can afford to come back next year how many people will be successful um, but the fact that there might be three workouts or a day and a half that the national champions will, the, even the lower um, ranked national champions will be able to compete. 
Um, I wonder why they didn't do that this year. Like I would have felt like I got a better workout if I had been given the rock event, for example, because it would have been, I don't know, 40 minutes, 15 minutes of intensive working. So I was, I was confused about that. But at the same time, you can see that they're doing the best they can and they're making changes. And we always knew this was the first year and it was going to be trial and error. Yeah, I could speculate. I mean, have you ever been to CrossFit headquarters? No, I have not. So it's tiny. Like it's, you know, people have this view of CrossFit, like this is huge corporation, which it is, but you know, it's a small building with, you know, a couple of dozen employees. It isn't like they have a hundred people watching your videos. When you send them in, there's like one guy in there watching them and, and Greg runs the show and does a great, you know, it's his business, but he does a great job with it. And I, I'm speculating here, but I, I think, you know, kind of knowing how he's wired, he he tests things to see if it works. And this right. first year was a test and they tested a lot of different stuff, not just athletes. Like they brought in 400 people from the media. I don't know if they'll do that again. Right. You know, I think they just, they want to see how things work and, and tweak it a little. And, and uh, so, you know, we, we all kind of anticipate big changes for next year, but he seems to be really passionate about the national champion concept and turning this more into an Olympic style event than just an American showcase of fitness, which, right. um, is great. Are you, are you planning to do this again next year? You're going to try to win your country again? Um, well, I'm not saying that because in, in case I fail. So if I fail, I'm just going to say I retired while I was on top. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, given that uh, the open is in, I don't know, eight weeks, almost. Um, I'm definitely going to take part in it to, just to see if how uh, things progress. And it's just, it's always a great way to like work out with people because everybody suddenly wants to get involved. So there's always a great atmosphere. What was your best memory from this year's games? From the games? Mm -hmm. um, I think it was honestly getting to meet the people. Like I got to meet you. I got to meet Brian from Barbell Spin. I got to, I got to meet Noah Olson. I got to take pictures with people that I've only ever seen in photographs um, and honestly, speaking to the women from minoritized populations who, who were there, that was really eye-opening. I didn't even know where Suriname was until I met a 17-year-old who was representing her nation by herself. I mean, when that, that's just inspiring to me because I was never that 17-year-old. Um, so I think just the coming together of women was very, very exciting to me. And my only beef with that is Greg Glassman should really have let all the women of all the countries hold the flags. I was a little pissed about that. Well, I think you should. Well, you're giving them that feedback now. Trust me. You know, a lot of people listen to this. So <laughs> I, I think that's good feedback though. And, and, you know, to CrossFit's credit, I think they do a good job of taking feedback. So you know, once they hear that from you, I think they'll certainly take that back and do something with that. I mean, CrossFit has a long history of equality toward women. They're one of the very few sports that pays the women exactly the same as they pay the men. The workouts are the same. You know, they uh, they certainly have are kind of leading the way in that. So uh, I think they'd be accepting of that. I, I thought that, too, though. I thought that really? was interesting. Yeah. Well, you'd see the countries walking out. And yeah, I just thought it was interesting that it was almost always the men carrying the flags you know I didn't know if it was by design or not it just was yeah so when we were waiting in line they already had selected that because I was I had gone with the intention of like you know throwing my male counterpart across the room to get that flag if I had to and pulling whatever strings I had to but they already had his name on the flag um so I just thought that was you know just patriarchy and finest uh but other than that I really have to say the way it was organized the way it was run 
And the fact that it is done by volunteers and people who don't get paid, it was flawless as far as I was concerned in its execution from the beginning to the end that I saw. It was really, really well done. And I and even the the volunteers were like cheering us on the entire time. Yeah, they do. They do a really, really nice job. Um, I felt the same way. Just uh, seeing this is my first year to the games, clearly not competing, but you know, first year to see it in action and, and, uh, just kind of the dedication of everyone and attention to detail is really spectacular. So I thought it was, was great. So what is next for you then? I mean, obviously you've got the open, but you know, any other aspirations around CrossFit? Are you you're working on degrees? What are you doing? So I do have to work on my PhD. That's really important. Um, that's why I'm in the U.S. And I really want to get that done as soon as, popu- as possible. But also, I've been really interested in this idea of potentially doing a bodybuilding competition. And um, I'm thinking like the physique category where I don't have to be huge because I don't know if that's ever going to happen for me. But I, I really... I really want to do that for two reasons, which is one that it involves, you know, a lot of a lot of grunt work going in, doing repetitious movements that aren't always fun. Um, It's also very lonely if you don't have someone to do it with. But also the idea of I'm really obsessed with body modification, whether it's my piercings or my tattoos or even the way I eat. And I and I really want to see what my body could look like. Um, And again, just as a Pakistani woman, I don't know. You know, 10 years ago, if I would have ever thought of this, if I would ever be in a place to be able to do it and get on stage and have people look at me in a two piece and judge me and walk away. okay with it. Like, I don't care if I win, but if I am able to get up in a bikini and have somebody look at my ass and say, yeah, that's not great and still be okay with that. I think that would be such a win for me uh, mentally and physically. I don't want somebody to look at my ass and say, that's not okay. So yeah, well, if I, you know, I, we're kind of running out of time, but if I can, you know, challenge you to something is that, um, you know, I think CrossFit has a real lack of uh, strong voiced women in it and is certainly a lack of minority women. And so mm-hmm. if I could give you a challenge, I would tell you, think about, having a bigger voice in the community, whether it's a podcast or just don't do a meme page because that's my gig. But, um, you know, have a bigger voice in the community. Um, You know, I'll certainly love to have you back on here anytime you want to come on. But, you know, I think you've got a lot to say and you can certainly make a big impact amongst a lot of the young women coming up in the community. So uh, I'll I'll encourage you to do that. Uh, Any any last thoughts for for the listeners? Uh, Anything you wanted them to know that we didn't cover today? Um, well, I, I would like them to know that despite what they saw and what they might have seen happening at the games, I think for, for the most part, the women that I spoke to and the women that I was competing with, we did all have a good time just because I do know there's conversation about it not being fair or not being just. Um, and also that we, people who are sort of doing CrossFit tend not to look, well, some of us don't want to look for excuses. So if I sucked at rope climbs, that's on me, you know, that's something I need to get better at. But honestly, that it was just a blast. We had a really good time. Um, and that for a lot of us being able to represent our countries, I think I will speak for myself. I hope that people were able to look at me and say, oh, I want to get her. I want I want to beat her. I want to be better than her. I never want anyone to look at me and think I want to be like her because I am so flawed and I have so much work to, to do on myself as a person, as an athlete, you know, as a daughter, as a sister in so many ways. 
but I really hope that like someone looks at it and, and wants to like annihilate me, annihilate my scores and just be a better version of me. That would be awesome. Well, the one thing they can never take away though, is that from now on your bio will always say games athlete. And that's really that's exciting. True. So again, and I was the first Pakistani and you know what they say? You only ever remember your first. You do. You always remember <laughs> your first. You will always be the first. And that's, uh, that's something you should be really proud of. So congratulations for that. Thank you. So, well, again, thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Um, again, I want you to have a bigger voice. So you're welcome back here anytime. Anytime thank you, you. want to yell about something or, or bitch me out for something horrible. I said, you're welcome to do that. So, uh, so I uh, appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. Take care.